0: Podcaster.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Italian football podcast. I'm Carlo Garganese, joined as always by Nima Tavali. And on today's show, we will review the weekend Serie a action as Inter go four points clear after another impressive win, this time in Rome against Lazio. Juventus's good run comes to an end with a with a disappointing draw at Genoa. It's a dream debut for Giancarlo Simic, the Milan youngster who scored on his debut as Milan beat Monza. Napoli returned to winning ways in Serie A thanks to a monstrous Victor Rossiman Bologna, though, stay fourth, ahead of Napoli, with another big scalp as they beat Roma with Jose Mourinho causing yet more controversy. And We're also going to react to... The Champions League last 16 draw: some really tough games for Inter, Napoli and Lazio. And also we will react to the Europa League draw and we'll do the usual Baggio, Premface and Serie A of the week. For all our first-time listeners, this is our free weekly episode that we do every Monday, reviewing the weekend Serie action and all the biggest talking points in Italian football. If you want to support the Italian Football Podcast and receive all of our content that we do throughout the week, including a weekly Q&A episode every Tuesday, where we answer all our questions from our patrons, plus the weekly Thursday midweek review show, plus interviews, post-match reaction and much, much more, then go to patreon.com slash TIFP and become a subscriber for just two ninety nine a month, plus VAT and now you can also sign up to be a paid subscriber on spotify we'll provide the link in the description it's the same price same terms and for all of you that listen on spotify apple and itunes podcast we'd really appreciate if you give us a five star rating give us a follow and a like we're, we're on youtube as well um it really helps us grow and do more quality content for you guys okay so let's get into today's show Okay, so we start off with Inter, who, as I said there in the introduction, go four points clear at the top after beating Lazio 2-0 at the Stadio Olimpico. And Nima, I think this game again shows what uh, a fantastic team this Inter team are. Um, Because in my opinion, they played against a Lazio team who I actually think played pretty well in this game.
0: Oh, I agree 100%. I think Lazio were better than Inter, especially in the first half. but. They didn't create that much. They just had one big chance uh, with Immobile header that was, you know, didn't even hit the target. But other than that, I think Lazio played better. Um, But Inter, this is the thing. This Inter side, you know, now Inter have played um, all, you know, all the big seven, traditional big seven, and the 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 statistics on display are, are are truly unbelievable. I mean, you know, you've got. They've they've played, they've you know they've they've played Milan, Lazio, Napoli, Juve, Fiorentina, Roma, and Atalanta, and if I'm not mistaken, I mean they've they've won six, drawn one. That was the one against Juve, but every other team they've kind of beaten comprehensively, and and they've kept so many clean sheets doing so. Um, this is a team. This is an Inter side that is has matured incredibly together with their coach. This is an Inter side that knows how to suffer, that knows how to stay in games when even when things aren't working, when the opposition is putting you under pressure, but they work as a unit in both phases. And above all, they're a side that is ruthless. You make a mistake against Inter, they will punish you. And and, and one thing that I want to get to as well is the passing. Uh, because I think the way that they manage these situations is through their superior ability to pass the ball and keep it, retain possession. This is—I can't remember an Inter side that were ever this good at, as were ever this safe passes in my lifetime. This ability to—I mean, if you allow Inter, they can retain possession until the cows come home without losing it, and it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's remarkable. Uh, and and all of these things are the hallmark because this always goes to the to the versatility point. Inter can play without the ball; they can play with the ball. They can they can suffer. They can attack, they can hurt you in many very many different ways. And we saw that against Lazio. They can you you you, pr- you press Inter high up, and they can't play you know play their way through. They'll just play a high ball, and they got Toram who can win the ball, playing a bit more like Conte. But also, as we saw yesterday, they can really play their way through. But through their thanks to their passing, and their passing schemes through any situation, all of these things—the versatility, the ability to suffer, the maturity, the ruthlessness—these are hallmarks of a team, of, of a championship-winning team. And that's where I think Inter are now. I think there's no hiding away now. This this is Inter, are clear, clear favorites. They're on they're on route. If they win the next three games, they will have 50 points at the halfway point, which is exactly what Napoli had. This is this is Inter Scudetto now to lose. It is. Even though they're only four points ahead of Juve, we, we can't you know we're so far into the season now that you can't you, you can't hide away from that fact.
1: No. No, you can't, absolutely. Uh, Inter are in an incredible position to win the Scudetto. I mean I, I would even go so as far as to say that you know, Inter almost have to lose it from here. The look at the points difference is plus four on Juventus, which is, you know, it's not, you know, it's, 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 it's not that significant uh, at this stage, but it's still important. Plus nine on Milan, plus mm-hmm. 14 on Napoli, which is sig- massively significant. Um, but what I think is key is look at the fixture list and look at who Inter have played so far this season. They've already played Juventus, Napoli, Atalanta, Lazio away. And Milan, of course, is a neutral venue. So the only big team that Inter have to play away from home in the second half of the season
0: is, is Roma. Or well, Fiorentina too. Fiorentina too. Well,
1: Fiorentina, yeah, I guess we can kind of count that. But, I mean, the really big teams, the teams, you know, right at the top, challenging for top four, you know, they played all of them already, uh, except mm. for Roma. So when you add to that, uh, you know, the points difference, they add to that the fact that Inter have the best team, they have the best and the deepest squad, they statistically, uh, and I would add on paper, have the best attack and the best, I mean, Napoli might argue against that, the best attack, but certainly on, on statistically in terms of the goal scored and everything, chances created the best attack. They have the best defense. I mean, I think there's more, there's, there's also the chance Inter could even run away with this Uh, and also Inter have a great run of fixtures now in the next four to five weeks up until the end of January, where there's a slightly difficult run that go that comes up until then, you know, Inter can go on a winning run. So, uh, I think Inter in a great, great position. Um, but the one thing I wanted to expand on the point that you just made there is uh, twofold: Inter's defence and knowing how that, and the defence and the team knowing how to suffer. Uh, I think that's absolutely key because I think that Lazio were the better team in the first half in a similar way to that Napoli were mm-hmm. the better team uh, in the first half when they played in at uh, uh, the Maradona. Um, and in both of those games, you know, both Lazio and Napoli were dominating territory. They were in the, the inter's half they were pressing really well they were winning it back quite quickly inter was struggling to get out but despite all that neither team neither napoli in their, that first half or lazio in the in the in the first half on sunday night barely created anything and inter's defense was so strong and um i mean i actually think the only big chance that lazio had in this whole game was the Ravella chance when he when he went on the run in the second half and it just kind of opened up for him and, and he and even he was one on one, but then I think he just got a bit tired and he lost his balance and and, and, and you know, Thomas made the save. But into know how to suffer without actually suffering, mm. if that if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, we're not talking suffering where the team has chance after chance and you can say, no, Well
0: they don't mm, concede that much. Yes, that's hmm. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, they don't concede that much, and I think that against Lazio we saw that the defense yeah. is incredibly solid. I mean, and that's, and also this is it a weakened defense.
1: I mean, it's a defense that has got players out. Do you know
0: what I mean? No, Pavard, uh, Damian was playing as a right wing back. He's quadrado. Yeah, Bastoni just came back from injury. De da- da- De Frey is out. Look, de when, out, it, when yeah. it comes to to depth, I think yes, Inter have depth in defense. They do. Uh, midfield, I would say they have depth, but they have no de- depth in attack. And, well, and...
1: I think that's it. I think that's the key point. I think the only way that I can see Inter not winning the Scudetto is if something happens. Let's just say Lautaro gets out for three months, and maybe then Taram's out for a while, a little bit as well. You know, like if they if something happens, they get a bad injury, a lot of bad injuries in the attack, that could slow them down. Otherwise, I mean, this Inter team looks the complete package. They can play in different ways. They can defend. They can attack. They can suffer. They can play on the counter. They can play with the ball. <laughs> They're so strong mentally. They're so good on set pieces. I mean, they can play you technically. They can play you physically. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're so complete. And that's what gives me hope. We'll talk about the Atletico Madrid draw in a bit later on. But, you know, that's what gives me hope also for that game is that I just feel like this inter-team, it's like however you try and play them, I feel like they've got the answers.
0: They do. They're um, very versatile. They're very, very yeah. versatile. They can play calcio verticale. They can play without position, with, with position. They're unbelievable. Like I said, it's probably the best... I can't remember watching an Inter side that were this safe passers that were this good at retaining possession that could that have so many passing schemes scare me that had so many passing lanes this isn't just random mm. possession they have possession that matters and they have an idea a clear coherent And they
1: can manage games as well that like they can take mm. breathers in games they can take yeah. 20 minutes out of a game yeah. and just just re- and just you know breathe take a breather and yeah. then and then get back on it and like yeah. They, they just look like an incredibly mature team. And I've said it so many times. I don't you know, I want to keep repeating myself, but I do feel like that Champions League final has is given, them so, has given them so much from a mental point of view. So mm. much. They look so sure in themselves. Whatever happens, even when they go behind like they did against Juventus, like they just... They don't stress. Yeah, they don't stress. They just, it, it, they just look the complete thing. They just look the complete package. Uh, I can't see any weaknesses. I can't see... I'm trying to look for them. Because I want a title race, you know? Mm. Nothing to do with the event and saying, oh, I want a title race. We all, I think, well, Inter pants don't. But you know what I mean? We don't <laughs> want to see Inter win by 20 points. It's not good for the Serie A. But, you know, I just think Inter look really great. They look great. Um, and obviously, they've got the players up front that make the difference. I mean, you know, they, they pounce. and they, they, That's another difference. Another thing that Inter have improved this season. They're a lot more clinical in attack. You know, remember in Zaggy's first season? Mm. Do you remember the XG table in the season mm. that Milan won it? Which was insane, like inter- expected goals and expected points was off the charts. But they were missing chance after chance. They weren't. They were having games where they had like xgs of
0: four and not winning. You know, like.
1: And this- also last
0: season as well, the same thing with Lukaku. I mean, there was the same. It's been the same problem. Well, even Lautaro, to an extent, had those games as well. it was not a with a, without a doubt, of yeah. course, without a doubt, because I mean, that's what I was saying. I mean. I never thought that Lautaro would become the killer in the box that he's become, but Inter have patiently built around him and decided that he's going to be the man that they build around. And Lautaro has taken step by step for the last two seasons to the point where he is now and where he's two goals away. I think I saw a stat where he's now what two or three goals away from, from equaling the all time goal tally by an Inter player for a calendar year at 32. Um, He's, I think he's, he's
1: got the most since 2000. I believe. Yeah,
0: t- 2000. Yeah, but I'm talking mm. about in the calendar year in all of Inter's history.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, 32 is the record, and I think he's on 29 um, now. Mm. Who is so, that?
1: Out of interest, you I, know, think you know? I
0: think it was Istanias. I think it was. I think I saw stat on that. I can't remember mm. exactly, but uh, but yeah. Uh, I yeah. I think- mean, he's
1: re- he's become ruthless now, Lautaro. He's mm. become ruthless. I mean, you know okay he's one-on-one you expect a top world-class striker to put a one away but it, it wasn't that easy he had to take it round him he then had to come in from the angle you know the defender slid on on the ground you know he, that was Inter's first chance of the game you know Lazio with a better team up until that stage but this is what Inter have become now they've become ruthless as well um, and is great I mean even Taran is taking his chances now I mean you know Taran that's his weakness. His, He's, he's not the he's not the most clinical, but even recently he's putting his putting his chances away as well. I mean, twenty two goals between Lazaro and Taram. Taram's a joint assist man, top assist man in Serie a. Um, oh, Yeah, yeah. I just, I just
0: I just double checked. It's Istaniers thirty two, um, and uh, uh, yeah, it's it's the number of yeah, it's it's thirty two. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's it's thirty two. Uh, for the calendar year uh, with Istvan Neves, he's got two games left. Yeah, and he's on thirty now. Um, if I'm not, no, he's on twenty nine. Yeah, he's and on I think 20. I think
1: Dusan Vlaovic got thirty three. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, uh, mm. that amazing season before, mm. before yeah, it all went wrong. But yeah, that um, amazing year. Um, okay, uh, well let's let's talk about Lazio then, because I, I repeat. I thought this was actually. I actually thought this was maybe even Lazio's best performance of the season. Like if we if we consider the level of team they're playing against, I thought they were really. I thought they were really good. I thought they the first half like they dropped Luis Alberto, who has been clearly their best player this season. Um, but I actually think it worked in the way that they were able to press as a team and um, with the intensity. Mm. Um, and I thought Ravella started to show not consistently throughout the whole game, but in stages of this game he started to show his potential and like what he could be and obviously he did that he did that great run which you know it's a shame of the bad finish but that was a great run um I I thought that yeah I thought Lazio were good obviously they didn't create that much um other than that Rivela chance that Immobile one that you that you said but I I thought there were positives for Lazio
0: from this game I agree. I think so as well. I think Rovella was was uh, was uh, a big uh, a big positive. Um, I think one thing though um, that I think was a big negative is Daichi Kamada. I am so disappointed. I expected so much more from him, and he's just not worked well at all in that system in in, in Lazio. And I think it's a shame because I I really really thought, I thought I mean I had him as my breakout player this season, and he's far from that. He's it, he's not even close to that. He's actually been pretty much, he's a candidate for flop of the season, if we're perfectly honest. Mm. Um, and I'm really disappointed in that. And I think it's it, it's sad to see because you, you look at this Lazio side and you see Luis Alberto, Chiro Immobile, Daichi Kamada. None of these players can make it, can, can, Sari can't make it work with them in the system. And, and that's a problem. I um, thought
1: he was a bit better in this game though if I'm honest. I thought I thought he did all right in in this right. game as a season. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. He's been a massive disappointment. But I thought I just wonder whether maybe he, he's just incompatible with Luis Alberto. Uh, yeah. I think oh, yes, I think, I think yeah. I think that's I think that that's it. Um but yeah, I think there were positives. I, look, we still saw the weaknesses in Latsu in the sense that okay, the defense was didn't make any mistakes last season. They make a horrific mistake how Marusic does for the goal. Yeah. I mean, that's just I mean, making a blind pass like that, I mean, that's just unforgivable. Um, and then, of course, the attack is lacking a cutting edge, it's been
0: blunt. It's completely blunt. Yeah. Blunt. yeah. There's no, there's no killer instinct. It doesn't feel like it has it. Immobile is trying to be that player, but he isn't that player in the Saudi no. system. And look, I, I say again, Lotito, this is what happens when you try to shoehorn too much square pegs round holes. You know, um, it. You have a coach who has a very clear idea of how he wants to play, and you sold Milinkovic Savic who was imperative in that role and you didn't replace him with someone that really fits and then you've got Immobile who's getting on in years and it's it's at some point it doesn't work and and I think that's what we're seeing now um it's 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 a shame because I don't think I, I don't I, I don't think Lazio finishing in the European spots now honestly I don't think they do mm-hmm. and and I think it's
1: going to be difficult but they they're, they're not scoring goals um, and that's always going to be a problem they are really they're missing Sir so Milinkovic-Savic's goals and they're missing the the the, the 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 old, let's say, Chiro Immobile because it's not the same Chiro Immobile. But even Felipe Anderson this season has not been the same. He's got one goal this no. season. Um, Zakanyi, you know, I've never been the biggest Zakanyi fan. I think he's got two goals. He's got no assists this season, Zakanyi. I've never been. I've never thought he's a top player. So you know, I, I think that. Yeah. Uh, let's
0: should... be fair to Lazio. They, they do have. I mean, they got Empoli away, Frosinone at home, Udinese away, Lecce at home. These are four four easy winnable games before it, we reach the halfway point, or just over the halfway point. And if they win all four, they got twelve point. You know, that that, 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 that takes off the pressure uh, a little bit. And then they got Torino, and before they they go into you know Napoli and Atalanta and, and February, but and then of course Bayern. But, um, no, it's, it's uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a tricky one. Uh, yeah, it, it's a tricky one. For them.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to Juventus then. So, Juventus, I mean, they had to beat Genoa, really, to, to, keep, uh, to keep toe-to-toe with, with, with Inter because this Inter team is, 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 is really not going to give up too much, I don't think, this season. So, it is on Juventus to have to keep on winning. They drew 1-1. Uh, with with Genoa away, um, Juventus had been on a really good winning run. They'd got had seven wins in eight going into this game. Um, my biggest takeaway from this game is that it showed that that winning run, you know, having that kind of winning run, which is what they need if they're gonna gonna try and stick with Inter, is that winning run is is going to be unsustainable while a number of certain things are true. And I, and I'm gonna read out. I'm going to explain what those things are. Number one, it's unsustainable to keep scoring one goal a game, or by winning by one goal. Um, you've been, and, and I'm disregard how Juventus play. I'm just talking about that simple fact: mm. winning, scoring a got one goal a game, or winning by one goal is unsustainable. And Juventus's last six wins before the Genoa game had all been by one goal. Four of them were by one were were, were by one nil. You can't keep playing. To win by one goal. It's, it's just in, it's impossible in modern football, regardless of how you're playing. Number two, you can't keep winning with your goals coming off corners or by defenders. And Juventus' last three wins, the winners were scored by defenders, the, the, the previous two by, 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 of course, by Federico Gatti. Number three, you can't keep winning when your attackers are scoring so few goals uh, and not scoring... And or not scoring from open play at all. Now, Vlaovic and Kase, which which I said last week, um I mean Kase scored a penalty in this game, but Vlaovic and Keyser both now have five goals each this season. The majority of those, of course, were at the start of the season when they when they had that good start in the first three or four games. Uh many of them are, are penalties, of course. Uh Keen, Moissa Ken, who's who's out for the next month with an injury, has got even though he has, we've we praised him this season, like how much his game overall game has come on. But he has zero goals this season. Milik, uh, I think, has been bad. I maybe I would even go as far as in many cases, many games, terrible in this calendar year, not just this season. Um, so it's unsustainable mm. with that level of goal scoring output from your attackers. Um, the last five wins, again, that you have had, the winners have come from defenders uh, or from midfielders. So, you know, you had the Moretti goal against Fiorentina, you had the Locatelli goal against Milan and Gatti actually is <laughs> Juventus' third top scorer this season with, with three goals. So, the point I'm making is yeah, it's been a good run by Juventus, this run of wins. Uh, this isn't to take anything away from Allegri and what he's got out of, you know, a team that's had missing players, had Pogba and and Fagioli out, um, isn't the strongest Juventus team of all time. But I think while, though, what I've just read out is the case, um, this result was always coming. Uh, if Juventus are unable to start scoring more than one a game, if the attackers don't start scoring, then there's no way that they can challenge Inter. Um, just no way at all. So that, I think that is my, that's my biggest takeaway, the unsustainability of, of continuing a run while all those factors are true.
0: I think I agree with all of that. The only thing I would say is that I think Juventus in Genoa against Genoa—they actually created quite a bit, um, and it, you know they had most of the possession, um, and especially in the first half, I thought they, they really created. Uh, there were you know it's like you said the, the, the killer instinct isn't there, uh, but 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 of all the games, I'm, I'm surprised that they dropped points in this game, Juve, because I thought they just felt. They felt in control against you know the other games against Monza and that they were they felt a little bit under pressure. Um, here they they just I didn't f- I didn't think you were going to drop points in this game. So I'm actually a little bit surprised given how it looked mm-hmm. and how you were played.
1: The reason why I'm not more critical and I'm not ranting and raving as I maybe would have done last season is again <laughs> I like I said I look at the bottom line in terms of chance creation. I didn't think Juventus created that much in this game, not enough for my liking, but mm. I look at the bottom line, I look at the XG, Juventus had an XG of, I think just, just over two general, had an XG of, I think 0.8. Yeah. So again, based on those, those statistics, Juventus are going to get more, are going to generally going to win these games on, on the whole, if they continue that. So that's why I'm not too critical. Uh, I thought the first half, you know, they were, they were decent. I wouldn't say uh, excellent. Um, the second half, I did think they were very poor in the second half, uh, and you know, I, I, the, again, I, I look at how Juventus create their chances. They don't create enough from a, like from open play still, um, and most of the chances in this game. I mean, it was the penalty, and that came from a mistake, uh, and then the, the the Bremer chance at the end. They really, really should he should have scored. That came from a corner, um, but I mean, from a negative point of view, um, Vlaovic was pathetic again, pathetic. Uh, he missed a really good chance at 0-0 with a great cross from Chiesa. Chiesa, I thought, was Juventus' best player. I agree. Um, he put in a fantastic cross for Vlaovic and, and, he, and he put it over. Uh, he was taken off midway through the second half. He's also now either been taken off or taken himself off penalties, which again is a, not another not a good sign in terms of... I mean, I think it's the right thing to do because he's missed so many penalties, but it just shows where Vlaovic is at. The lack of confidence he's got just where his Juventus' career has come that he's now... He's a, he's a number nine he's taken himself off he's been taken off the penalties i mean um so i mean vlaovic is just not working for him the other person the other the other player i wanted to to uh to, the other point i wanted to raise is, is fabio miretti um because i feel like we've probably taken too long to speak to to highlight this uh well i have anyway and that is that yes when he come through burst through on the scene you know he got a lot of Juventus fans and Italian fans got excited about him you know he's a player that you know he's got potential there's a technical talent there um, but let's be honest the last two seasons this season and last this season and last season he's been anonymous he's just not contributing at all he's got no goals uh, he had no goals and two assists last season he's got one goal no assists this season that's the only goal he's scored in his whole Juventus career anonymous again in this game as well I mean he's not improved he's not improved at all uh, and this is where I am. Again, I am going to criticise Allegri because, again, it underlines the issue that, that we ha- well, I have with Allegri, that most people have with Allegri, is he just doesn't develop young... I don't see that development of young players, especially offensive players, players from the midfield, midfield and attack, offensive ones. Uh, and this is the kind of the problem I have with Allegri, is that I feel like you can only really justify having Allegri as your manager if he wins you the league regardless of how strong or weak your team is, and again, I I, I say again, this isn't a great Juventus team and and he's been doing well this season in terms of points, but Allegri doesn't build or develop players, youngsters like Moretti, like Chiesa, like Vlaovic. He doesn't improve these players to get them to a point where you you see the progress being made. So with Allegri, if you don't win the title, then the next season, well, these players are still where they were than before and your team is no closer to being ready to win in terms of developing these players for the next coach, you know, if a, a new coach comes next season. So that is my that's my one criticism of Allegri, uh, and I haven't criticised him a lot, Nima, recently. You, you got to give me that. You have got to give me that. <laughs> but um, they, you know, this is my problem. Uh, so that's a wider point on the Moretti point, but just focusing just on on Moretti. Yeah, he's still young. Maybe you know, I don't think it's too harsh for me to say that in two in two seasons. This guy, you know, he's not—he's not improving. He's—he's
0: not—he's not improving at all. Mm. No, I—I I think Miretti. I'm—I'm not—I'm not. I was never excited about Miretti. I was always more excited about Fagioli and Rovella at Juve than I was about Miretti. So I'm not gonna judge Allegri too much about that. Um, but I do think there is. I mean, you know, you, you look at his career, and you, it's it's uh, it's it's undeniably true. He doesn't, especially attacking wise. I think defensively, there's there are different. You know, you can say different things there, but attacking wise, he doesn't develop players, or play, or uh, players don't improve in in attacking under him. Let's put it that way, and that is on him. That is entirely on him, um, and I think that is a big problem. Uh, yeah. but, then again, do, I, but yeah. then again I don't think he's going to stay at Juve this season as well I think this is going to be his last season and in charge and yeah so I, I think I think that that'll resolve itself so to speak
1: yeah I would say that Rabiot was missed um, I, definitely he was missed in this game um, we saw kind of how important he was uh, the midfield you know is gutted at the moment um, but Rabiot definitely has helped keep it together hasn't he with with, with, with this with all these players I thought I thought uh, Falcotelli was really poor, especially the second half. He's given away a lot of balls, and and um, yeah, n- not good at all. Um, I don't really want to talk much about the penalties. I hate talking about it, but it was a penalty.
0: But well, look- that's the thing, though. I don't. I'm not entirely sure it was because we saw the similar situation in the Inter Lazio game, and the same same interpretation prevailed. And that is, if the ball touches a player's body part, one player ball touches his body part and then touches his arm, bounces off his knee, or bounces off his 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 stomach, as with, uh, what's his name, uh, Lazio, and then hits his arm, the referees don't seem to want to interpret the rule to, the, to make that a handball offence. Now, personally, I don't care what the rule law is, I just want it applied the same across the board. I think both of them are penalties. But I also understand and recognise that there is i mean if a ball bounces off one part of your body onto your arm you basically have no chance to get your arm out of the, the way is,
1: the issue with this is that um i'm just speaking specifically on the Juventus one here is that ba- Bani, it was his his arm is already out there before it hits his before it hits his uh his his body so it's not like it hits his body and then moves his arm, then moves into an unnatural position, which is what happened with the Newcastle one, which caused Mm -hmm. such a controversy. Uh, Whereas with this one, and this this is what Luca Morelli said after the game. He goes, it's a penalty. The VAR may have been fooled by the first touch with the thigh, but that is not influential because the arm was already wide. This is a clear penalty kick. I can't understand why the VAR room didn't
0: recall Massa. So, I mean... This is is the thing, though. It's about interpretation because one of the criteria... I mean that they use is for the arm is is or for the for the handball is in order to determine that the contact with the ball was a handball offense the referee uses three general criteria one if the player moved his hand or arm to the ball i.e deliberate or if the player had sufficient reaction time to move his hand or arm out of the way of the flight of the ball and failed to do so again deliberate or if the player had his hand or arm in an unnatural position Including from the sides or above the shoulder level, making their body bigger. So it's not as clear cut as that because of the instructions the referee have gotten have have received. And this is why again I want to they have to clarify what this law, this handball law. They have confused this completely because the same thing happened with Lazio Inter as well. There the very similar situation bounced off a body part up until the arm. The arm is outside, but you know, they applied the same interpretation in these two instances. But the problem is that there is so much confusion. And the issue of deliberate, again, were there. I, I think that you need to stick with one interpretation that is clear and after if one or two seasons the players will understand everyone will understand because right now it's very it comes across really arbitrarily and it's there's a lot of comf- confusion and that's why we have these this discussion and these discu- you know these, these these debates which are quite exhausting yeah. but we do understand that they occur and the reason they occur is because they have created all this confusion surrounding the handball rule
1: well, they got to, haven't they? That's what. Otherwise, you know, if IFAB and and the rule makers didn't have uh, rules to change every single year unnecessarily, then uh, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't be able we, to justify justify their position. Well, I yeah. have
0: to say that red car- Malinowski should not just have received a red card. I think he should have been suspended for two, three games. That was a shocking tackle.
1: Yeah. To be honest with you though, it was a red card. It doesn't affect the result. It was no, taken to injury time. Me. So I don't I don't usually moan that much about No,
0: no I do because that uh, that is a dangerous but it's dangerous. Yeah, he could have broken his leg. It so could have broken yeah. his leg. That yeah. th- that pissed me off because uh, I, I couldn't believe I mean what, we, that, that those are the kinds of challenges that Mar- Maradona used to suffer in the 80s. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to see we, we don't we, we moved away from that. But that was genuinely shocking. That, that that pissed me off because I don't want to see sh- horror tackles like that. I don't want to see Roy Keane, Haaland tackles ever again. I don't mm. like that. Mm. I mean, t- I like tackling and I think there should be physical aspect of it, but I don't want to see horror tackles. That was a horror tackle. I'm just glad, you know, oof, that they didn't, you know, it could have been out for the rest of the season.
1: No, no. Yeah. He, he could have done. He could have done. Um, just uh, before we go, I just want to give another word of praise for Almut Goodmanson. Um, like we, we we picked him out. We did a profile on him earlier yeah. in the season. You can find that on our YouTube channel. Um, he's been one of the revelations of the Serie A season really uh, this season. And uh, again, I mean, he scored the equaliser for Genoa. Uh, I, I think he's he's fantastic. I think he's going to join a bigger club um, uh, next. next uh, well, actually, some big clubs weren't. Napoli were looking at him um, this this summer actually as a replacement mm-hmm. for. Uh, well when when Lozano left and they were looking for new wide men, Um yeah, he's I mean he doesn't I mean he plays more from the left but but he's been playing in a front mm. two for, for Genoa. Um he's very versatile. Uh, great dribbler. He's uh, he's the fourth now he's statistically the fourth best dribbler in in Serie A. Do you wanna know who the top who the top three are, Nima? Well Turam Laut- no, Turam has to be among them. No, no, he's not. Really? No, he's not. Okay. No. No. If you've been listening to, to me in recent weeks, you'll know who the number one is by a mile. <laughs> <laughs> Matthias Sule is number one. Uh, Kvitsha kvart is, uh, well, actually, joint second. Kavala really? with Lamek Banda.
0: Okay. Who has been amazing. Where's Liao? Season. Is he on there at Liao all? Liao is sixth. Hmm. Okay. Yeah,
1: Liao is sixth. Fifth is Festi Ebozele. From oh, Udine- yeah, like, from Udinese, yeah. Who are going to get on the pod um, this season? Hopefully. Uh, we've been yeah. promised him. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Right. Okay. um Let's move on to Milan then. Milan versus Monza. Milan win three. Did it finish three nil in the end?
0: Yeah, it did. And three-nil. Milan were wonderful. Milan were. I love this. What this was a this performance from start to finish was fantastic. The three four three, as some people on this podcast have been banging on for years now. <laughs> this Milan, either you move to Sarri or you bring in Conte. And you play a three four three. They were. I loved Milan in this game. I thought they were outstanding. They looked so clear, coherent in what they wanted to do. They were balanced all over the pitch. I thought, you know, it's it, it, you know, we we talk about this part on this part a lot about Italian p- teams not giving, you know, the big clubs don't play the youngsters. Well, we have to praise Milan here because they had two kids on. Um, I know they were ha- they had to do it, you know, due to injuries, but. They still played them. Um, you know, I know he started with Pobega and he got injured, but they did play with Bartesaghi and Juan Ka- Jan Karlo Simic, who scored, and it was... Mm-hmm. I-, I loved Milan in this game. I thought mm-hmm. everyone were... You know, they just show that this is how this team should play. And with Chiao, Kalulu back, I even think Calabria as a right centre-back could work. I think Conte would, would love him there. The only thing they're missing is a right wing-back and a proper striker and and with with conte then this this team is flying because leao What le- are you
1: suggesting Nema? Conte next season? Is that what you're
0: trying to suggest? I'm saying that Antonio if Milan want to win a scudetto they bring in Antonio Conte next season and they bring him bring with him Romelu Lukaku or whoever he wants him and to keep him quiet. It's,
1: inter- it's interesting it's interesting because listen what I was against with the 3 with a back 3 is a 3-5-2 I'm against the 3 5 2 so I just don't think Rafael Leal, you cannot play him in a 3 5 2. Doesn't work. He doesn't like it. He can't play in that role. Doesn't but have he the movements can to play, play in, the role. Three, four, three. <laughs> in a 3 4 3. In a 3 4 3, he can play. Yes, he can play in a 3 4 3. He can play as a wide attacker. So for that reason, you know. The and thing so- is we
0: get the bo- best out of both worlds here mm. because I want to see Leao centralized.
1: There is always the concern, though, with a 3 4 3 is, is it to attack him? Against better teams, You know, I would always have those concerns. But, with but, but the
0: thing three. is with, with Leao is I want him to be more centralised, but I also want him, kind of like Henri was, in the sense that I want him to start from the left, but I want him to be more centralised. I don't want to play him in a two-man attack because I think that would lose some of his qualities. But in a 3-4-3, three, three, you kind of get the best of both worlds in the sense that he is more centralised, but is, he starts from a wing. Um, and, 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 that, and I think you get the best out of him there because when he drops that shoulder and runs past players, when he dribbles, they, they just can't catch him. Um, and I think, so, so I think a three, four, three, I mean, Conte, we know he can play a three, four, three or a 3-4-2 on how we're going to play with the numbers. Uh, and I thought Pulisic was good in that role as well. I really liked him in that role. Well, uh, this is what I'm saying, right? It, r- the
1: standout player for me was Rinders. I thought he was fantastic brilliant. in this game. He scored, uh, brilliant, brilliant play from him in the build up to the to the 4 mm. goal. That was a great team goal, by the way. Great, Beautiful great, goal. great passing move, great patterns of play. Rinders Giroud, then Okafor finishing it off. Uh, but yeah, Rinders was great. He has he has potential. I even said that last week after the Newcastle game, didn't I? Or before the Newcastle game. Um, you know, he has those kind of those little bursts and surges that that mm. break the press, which only a handful of players have. Don't get many players that have that ability to to, no. to to break the press. It kind of does remind me in some cases, reminds me of a bit like a young Mateo Kovacic uh, mm. in the way that he does those little bursts and surges. Um, mm. You know, he, he obviously he, we need him to start scoring more goals, just like that's been Kovacic's big weakness in his career is he doesn't score or assist enough. Um doesn't impact uh, the, 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 the opposition goal enough. But in terms of, yeah, uh, I mean, he, he has those... He, he, I thought he was great. I thought Reinders was great. Um, no, and I thought Milan
0: were fantastic. I obviously, it's a great Milan story.
1: story. Was... Simic, was a, that's a great story. He's the third youngest Milan scorer in the three-points-a-win era uh, after Paloski and Pato. Uh, and just on the point you made about the youngsters, um, uh, as, as well as um, Simic and Batazaki who played, I mean... Yeah, Milan have a really interesting youth production uh, at the moment. The Primavera are doing very well under Abati. And, um, you know, they've given game time to other Primavera players this season. Kamada, yeah. of course. We all know the so We should play, We
0: should praise Milan for that. And Chaka, with...
1: Chaka Traore as well yeah. is also very well-rated. Well so...
0: And we've wanted this. We've been asking for this. So I think we should praise Milan for this—that they're actually a top side in Italian football is starting to integrate the kids, and they do have a pretty young project generally. Anyway, yeah, they do. They do. So yeah. we should praise Milan for that. I think they're right. going against the grain. So no,
1: that's good. I also want to just just want to give uh, praise again to Mike Maignan because on a week where he made that absolutely insane, insane. save from from Bruno. Uh, Bruno uh, Bruno G I'm going to call him uh, and
0: uh, he made another brilliant save in this game from Colpani yeah he did that was superb it was superb but he wasn't the goalkeeper of the game that was Di Gregorio he was unbelievable yeah um, in this game Di and...
1: Gregorio I, I've seen some people starting to compare him to Vicario and yeah um, he is having that similar kind of impact, isn't he, this season mm. as, as Vicario? No,
0: unbelievable, and the, the, he was the man of the match, and he, he conceded three goals. I mean, that just yeah. tells you everything. Um, but there and- is one big, there
1: is one big negative, Nima, and it's this is unbelievable. This another is injury, not another injury, another two injuries. Bobega's mm. gone off injured after in the midway through the first half, and Simic has come on. Okafor scores and looked really bright when he came on. And then he, almost immediately after scoring, he gets injured and he comes off. So uh, that's Okafor. I mean, Okafor is a is a joke. How many
0: injuries he gets? Yeah, but the, I can't blame Milan for that. I mean, the guy it looked like he injured himself celebrating the goal. For goodness sake, it's just <laughs> it's it's getting ridiculous now. They the I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, and and but yeah, Pobega. That's not a, that. That's that's again we we're we're, we're we're hitting thirty muscle injuries now since the season started. It's insane, isn't it? They, nah, I, I have no words for this.
1: Yeah, no words. Napoli, know. let's move on to Napoli then. Uh, crucial win for Napoli. Must win game against Cagliari. Um, Wasn't perfect. I mean, Cagliari had some big chances themselves and they, they could have got a draw, but I think the big, well, there's two big uh, takeaways for me in this game. Number one, Victor Rossiman back to his brilliant best. Uh, certainly in those closing stages, I mean, he scores a, that header. Uh, bullet header, Scoffet should have saved it, but but anyway, uh, but that his assist for Quiet Scalia was 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 out of this world. I mean, the ball juggling, ball juggling in in the penalty area, and then the determination to get the the ball across. Whatever the, the, the all these Prem face fans, I saw it Prem faces on Twitter saying, "Oh, you would never be able to do that in the Premier League." James oh, Tark- James James Tarkovsky wouldn't 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 <laughs> let him do that. But, but, <laughs> but that was that was that was that was brilliant. That was absolutely fantastic. And uh, so yeah, we saw we saw the importance of Osiman. Uh Kvara was good again, scored the goal, the whole front for it. Politano, can I just say Politano has one of the best first touches in football? His first touch every time, he just kills it dead, every single time. Um, he was unlucky, I thought, with a disallowed goal. So that's the number one point, Ossiman. The second point is the importance of Mario Rui. Because the last few weeks, Napoli have been out without Mario Rui. They've been without um, Oliveira. And I think Mario Rui, he came on in this game. He immediately gets the assist after coming on. We saw how important Mario Rui is to this Napoli team. He is so undervalued, I think, uh, Mario Rui. He gives that left side of Napoli that dimension that they just don't have. Either with Oliveira, but certainly when neither oliveira or or uh, or mario we have been there they they've just had no left hand side when they've had to play natan or or Juan Jesus on the, on the left they've had nothing at all mario Wee just gives them that balance he gives them that attacking thrust and he is an absolute assist machine mario we i mean the number of assists i can't remember how many assists he got last season but it
0: was a lot he was quite an assist machine yeah uh, but yeah
1: no, i, I agree I'm just I looking can. now uh, how many assists he got he got last season. Uh let's have a look uh the 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 um history. All right, no. let's have a look. It, yeah, I think he, it was
0: double figures, wasn't it? He got
1: six assists in Serie A, but he got a bunch in the in the Champions League as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he's 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 very very
0: important for them. No, I remember under Spalletti him, he he was very important for for how Napoli played uh and 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 down the left flank. Hakmani really, though. Rakhmani this season what has happened to him I mean I don't think anything has happened to him I think we need to reconcile the fact that before these pre- previous seasons at Napoli he's played next to world class defenders and this season he isn't playing next to world class defenders and so he has to carry Napoli and his his weaknesses are being exposed mm. he doesn't have Koulibaly he doesn't have Kim next to him and so he just isn't the leader that we all thought he was because it was being his weaknesses were being masked by Koulibaly and Kim Min-Jay, who, when he played next to them, were world-class defenders. I think it's really yeah. cool. I really think, no,
1: so. I, I think I think it probably is. I think it probably is. I think you're right. Uh, maybe he's getting a little bit past his best, but he shouldn't be because he's not that old. He's, think he's 29. Uh, he was done by the goal by Lavumbo, who's actually a really, really talented player, Lovumbu. Uh oh. And uh, yeah, I, I thought Cali did decently. They were well-organised when they were just 10 men behind the ball, but they did create some chances. I mean... Um, I think it was Nandez who had a one-on-one. Um, yeah. And Nandez was good. Makumbu was really good in midfield yeah. as well. And, of course, Pavoletti, if you put crosses into him, he's always going to be a handful uh, in the box. And, of course, he scored. So, yeah, Cagliari, are, I think, like you said about the relegation race, Cagliari are an interesting one. I, I think that they're going to fight. They're going to fight against relegation. Um, no,
0: that, gonna... that, that, like, barring Salernitana, who, unfortunately, I think are going down, unless... They do give me a Christmas gift and sack Filippo Inzaghi and bring back David and Nicola for another <laughs> for another don't, for another don't for bet Nic- against it <laughs> for another for another uh, six months of shoe throwing um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know the great escape the greatest escape in recent years that he did with Salanitana a couple of years ago I would love if David and Nicola came back. Um, and and I and I would I would do it in Jan like I would do it now cuz I mean they've got they've got some really difficult games they got Atalanta away Milan at home and then they got Hellas Verona now if they don't at least take f- four points from those games or at minimum three against Verona they, they I mean it's, this thing could be over by the end of January because then they play Juve Napoli and Roma so they need to act quickly um and I would love it, and and I and I love that I love that fan base. I love that that piazza. It would be such a shame if they left, mm. uh, if they got relegated. So please, please bring back the shoe thrower um, back, and and let's let's have some fun. Let's make this. <laughs> let's make all three relegated. That that this would be like literally the the holy grail for me. In the past, it's always been one one spot that's been exciting towards the end. Now, if 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 Salernitana started winning. All three relegation spots are going to be up for grabs. Like, are, are there are, like anyone? It, it's all three are up for play. That would be just unbelievable going into April May.
1: No, that that will be nothing will excite them more. Oh, than that. Nothing, <laughs> nothing more than that. Uh, right, <laughs> let's let's move on to Bologna against Roma, and I mean Bologna just do not stop. They do not stop. They win this two 0 deservedly win this um they They stay fourth they stay fourth they open three points on Roma before we go into the game let's ask this question we did ask this question a month ago and it did feel very very premature back then uh maybe it's still premature now but can Bologna really go all the way and get a Champions League place
0: well they can finish in the top five but I don't think they'll finish fourth I think Napoli will start will, will wake up now uh and they'll 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 get that fourth spot but I think the fifth spot is up for grabs, and there. Mm, that- I mean, look at look at this Nimo this season.
1: Look at their record against the big teams this season. They've mm. beaten Roma. They've mm. beaten Lazio. They've drawn with Juventus. They've drawn with mm. Napoli. They've drawn with Inter. They've drawn with Inter away. They mm. drew with Inter. Maybe gave them the most problems anybody's given them this season. Mm. Maybe they
0: drew Juve away as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. No. No Juventus. They were at home. They were home no, no,
0: it was no, no, it was it was Juventus at home. Bologna. was it
1: Juventus. Oh, sorry, yeah, no, yeah. no, yeah, you're right, you're right. They, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it's only they, Milan. It's only they Milan lost. they lost. Yeah, yeah. Milan they yeah. they were.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. Um, so I mean that they've been consistently, consistently fantastic against the big teams this season. So Not just that. That would suggest that they football.
0: can. Yeah, yeah, it does suggest that. But if they play good football as well. Yeah, like it's it's. I, I, I don't I look at that in uh, Bologna game, I see a lot of interesting, exciting players, but I don't see anything because I'm not I'm not as you know oh, you know head over heels in love with Zirkse like like you guys are. I'm, I'm a little bit more cautious. Um I think that you know when when Remo Freuler plays like that, um it's it to me that should suggest that this is a club that is coached by a very good coach. But also a club that is feeling that that feels well, that is healthy on and off the pitch. And Sartori, you know, the 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 the, the technical director. Just look at his career. He was he was the architect behind the miracle for twenty years at Kievo. He he was at Atalanta, and we saw what he did at Atalanta. That's when they were in the latter stages of the Champions League. And now he's doing repeating this miracle at Bologna. Sartori, you know, everything this man touches turns into gold. And he's created an environment where players all succeed, and or, and they and they take the next step or overperform and are better than the sum of their parts. I don't want to take anything away from Thiago Motta, but th- this is kind of what I was critical of Sinisa Mihajlovic when he was at Bologna. In you know, rest his soul, I thought Bologna underperformed somewhat. Now they're overperforming, but it's it's incredibly impressive to see what what Bologna are doing. It really is, and Thiago Motta. That I will give him praise for. The football they played against Roma was so impressive. So impressive. The way that they played themselves through from the back against the Roma side that aren't easy to break down, um, and the way that the patient build up, uh, no, it, it was it was incredibly impressive. It, he is a coach for a big team.
1: There's no, no doubt. doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the goal, the, the moral goal...
0: Mm. Sums up yeah.
1: Tiago Motta's football. The passing patterns, the triangles, the creating the angles and the space and the movements off the ball to, to, to open up the teams and the ability to play out and play through the press, always finding the right solutions to get out and making it look really easy as well in terms of creating those spaces, the movements off the ball to, to, to create those spaces. Uh it's this is is the, the, the that's just the work of, of, a, of a coach that that is a modern coach and is tr- on the training ground is 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 doing fantastic stuff with his players. Uh, Bologna, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to keep hold. I'm, I'm sure they're not going to be able to keep hold of Thiago Motta past this season. Um, so just enjoy him while you can, uh, Bologna, because what he's doing with this Bologna team is, is amazing. Uh, and um, you're right. You look at their team... And they you know the team isn't full of of stars really um you know there's some some good players there's some very good players i mean i like i mean I like Dan and doy I think he's got i think he's very 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 good got pace he's good at direct attack he's not a very good finisher at all his final ball is not always up to it um but you know he's a dangerous player um you know is not a top player but he's a you know he's a good player to watch um. You know, then you then you've got you know, uh, I mean, Lewis Ferguson is a goal threat. He's been scoring goals. Uh, Salamakers, I mean, these are good to very good players, but they're not you know they're not top players. They're not players that they don't have players that that should be put in Bologna anywhere close to a to a Champions League place. Yeah, you know, I think and, ma-
0: yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But Calafiori again, Spalletti has to call him up. He has to call him up for the Italy national team. He is that good. You know, when when you consistently play well against the best strikers in the league and you do so for a team that is overperforming and is in the top four when they have no business being there, you, look, Calafiori needs a call-up to the Italy national team just for the so they can look at him at least.
1: Yeah, well, with Italy struggling for centre-backs, the the unfortunate thing, the unfortunate Yeah. No, I agree, but the unfortunate thing, of course, is that it'd be nice if he was a right centre back. You know, the left centre back we've got a Cherby, mm-hmm. we've got uh, Bastoni. Uh, we're really struggling for right centre backs, aren't we? But yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's great to see him him developing. Let's hope he can carry on. Uh, I do have to say, though, Zerxie has been the the surprise revelation of the season. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about him before. Again, he was he was amazing this game. I mean, they just he was just they couldn't get near him. Everything that went up to him. He's just so physically strong. He he holds it up so well. He gets out of tight spaces with his quick feet. Brings others into play. Um, he's just an outlet at all times. He relieves the pressure. He's uh, he's been great. And you know, Bologna have been fantastic. And you know, this is the best Bologna now since the late 1990s when we were growing up as kids and they got to the semi-finals of the UEFA Cup. They won the Intertoto Cup. You know, they had players like Giuseppe Signori, Kenneth Anderson, who we had we had on our podcast and told us some great stories about that Bologna team. You know, Marocchi. Uh, I mean, the season before that, they had Roberto Baggio who had who had an amazing season to get back in the Italy squad for the World Cup. I mean, that Bologna team was a, gr- that was a great Bologna team to watch back then. This is the best Bologna team. Since I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think they've been in Europe since then like, since that mm. season. I don't think they've been in Europe again since then. I unless can't I'm, remember. Unless I'm I've for, really. forgetting. I can't remember them being back in Europe. So, I mean, if they get back into Europe, uh, that would be great. Um But from the Roma point of view, though, Nima, <laughs> there's only one, well, there's one thing we have to talk about. Jose Mourinho going full Mourinho and taking off Renato Sanchez 19 minutes after bringing him in as a sub. I mean, there's two sides to this. Number one, the Renato Sanchez side of things. I mean, this transfer's Turned it into a total disaster. He's 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 had three different injuries already. He's missed 13 games due to injury when he has played like he barely hasn't really been fit and he hasn't or hasn't played well full stop. Um and together with Hussein Wa who on paper look like really good sign neither of them have worked. It looks like they've given up with our already and judging on this, I know Mourinho apologised after the game but it's not looking good for Renato Sanchez either.
0: No, it's not. Um, and Mourinho, like, like I said on the Monday pod, a few I think last week with Adrian when he was on. Um, this is I've never seen Mourinho like this because he's got he's got uh, he's actually got a very golden chance to get Roma back into the Champions League in what is essentially his last season in charge at Roma because I can't imagine this continuing past this season. But he he's. Um, He's he's ruining it by his negative body language, his negative attitude. It's one thing to create a us against the world men, uh, mentality, but Mourinho has just gone full on toxic against everything and everyone. And that and there's no need for them to be that. They're actually, you know, I think I thought. Uh, in the last month or so, they were, they'd won the most points in the city after Inter and, and Juve. Like there was, you know, things were looking good for them. He, he there was no need, for, there's no need for him to go this toxic. You know, I get the whole, you know, if it's one thing, if he, cr- you know, he's, he's criticizing other people and referees and putting the pressure on them to, to give his team an advantage, that's fine. But he's gone full toxic internally now as well. And, that is Roma's an already very unstable place. He's not helping. Um and and to be honest, I think for large parts of that game, Bologna outplayed Roma.
1: Yeah, I I, I saw I looked at the XG in the first half and it was 0.13 <laughs> for Jesus Roma. Christ. I mean I mean listen, it was never gonna be easy, especially attacking-wise when you you're without DiBala and and uh, Lukaku but that's also down to Mourinho and just like what he has instilled into his team increasingly over his time at Roma but and it's really come some you know gone too far this season like just overly aggressive dirty i think it was the word you used
0: yeah dirty you know, undisciplined,
1: undisciplined lacking yeah. discipline and getting red cards and suspensions and then you know this is what happens when you when you when you're like that um so yeah it's uh, roma need to get themselves together they are still very much in the race for the top four, but but yeah, this was a uh, not a good game for them. Um, the rest of the weekend games uh, Lecce 2, Flosinone 1, Torino 1, Empoli nil Fiorentina, who are right up there as well for the top four race, uh, still and uh, Udinese 2, Sassuolo 2. Late comeback for, for Sassuolo. I mean, those
0: I gotta say, those two games were insane. Udinese were 2 nil up, things were going great. Mm-hmm. They get one man sent off for the, one of the dumbest challenges I've ever seen. Okay, the penalty, the first penalty was dubious. The second penalty was clear as day. That was two points thrown away. If I was an Udinese fan, I'd be fuming.
1: They've done that a lot this season. They've thrown yeah. away late, got late on quite a few quite a few games. Just
0: unnecessarily, season. for no reason as well. And it's just like they can't afford to do that. And Verona, okay, Taracana was unbelievable at, in that game, saving butt. But Verona will be kicking themselves. And Gonge missed three sitters. And I mean three sitters. One was an open goal from a yard out. It, 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 it was just insane how they didn't get a point in that game, Verona. And, and they and Verona can't afford to miss three sitters in a game. And Fiorentina were lucky to win that game. And I think they were, they they will acknowledge that. But that that was an important win for them. But yeah, no, it was it was a weird, weird, weird afternoon in the Serie yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, it certainly was. Right, okay. Let's move on and talk about the Champions League last sixteen draw, which was done on, uh, well, just about an hour ago. um, Since we're recording this early afternoon on on um, uh, on Monday. Um, so I'll read out the, the the eight fixtures. It's not been a great draw for the Italian teams. Uh, Porto versus Arsenal. Napoli, Barcelona, PSG, Real Sociedad, Inter, Atletico Madrid, PSV, Borussia Dortmund, Lazio versus Bayern Munich, Copenhagen, Man City, Leipzig, Real Madrid. The Italian teams will play the first legs uh, uh, at home because they were the runners-up uh, in their in their group. So let's go through this one by one. Let's start with Inter then, uh, Atletico Madrid. How do you feel about that, Nema?
0: I mean, on paper, it's a 50-50. Some would say maybe Inter are slight favourites. Uh, I wouldn't. I'd say it's a very it's a 50-50 game. Uh, Atletico Madrid are no mugs. Um, and Cholo Simeone, they're a gritty side, Atletico. Um, and they're a difficult side to break down. And Inter struggle against gritty sides. Um they they have a lot of talent in that team. Griezmann, Morata. I mean, Morata's having the season of his lifetime. Griezmann's been excellent. Saul, Coker, Llorente, De Paul. I mean, the, you know, they they have. Yano Black, fantastic goalkeeper. No, they they have. They are a good side. It's it's going to be difficult for for uh, for Inter. Um, and I would have preferred Inter to play, to be drawn with Man City, like I said on Monday, for the reasons I outlined on the Monday pod. But of course, you know, this is going to be played in February, March, so we're quite a long, quite a bit away from that. So we, we, we don't know how, how both of these teams go into these games. Um, but on paper, it's one of the better draws Inter could have gotten. I mean, because obviously Bayern Munich would, would have been a nightmare because I think they're the strongest side in the, left in the Champions League. Arsenal, City... Are all you know? Good yeah, team. I mean,
1: the positive way of looking at this is Inter have missed the big, big, big guns. So they've missed whatever you want to say about Man City. Yeah, you know, you've missed. You don't want to play Man City. You don't want to play Real Madrid. You don't want to play uh, Bayern Munich, and you probably want to miss Arsenal as well. So you've missed the kind of like the four teams that you really don't want to play. So you're really, you know, the 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 only on paper. if We're talking about just on paper. The only better draw, I think, that on paper uh, Inter could have got was probably Brucia Dortmund. Yeah. So, in that sense, that's the positive way of looking at it. Um, you know, but the negative is that, you know, it's the kind of team that they're going to play smart tactically. They're not going to leave the spaces in behind, which Inter are so good at exploiting. Mm. Um, so, it's going to be tricky from that from that point of view. And like you said, Griezmann and, and Morata have been on fire um, this season. They've been really, really good. And no, so- they have
0: quality players. They have a quality midfield, um, Atletico Madrid, and they have a coach who, who is always prepared tactically. But I think Simone, I think Simone should approach this game the same way he approached the Napoli game away, the same way he approached maybe City uh, in the Champions League final as well. Um, if he does that, and basically, the, the, you know, because I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I think it's going to be very tight, uh, and if Inter can be ruthless. Then yeah, then then the good
1: thing is that I feel like Inter can match Atletico uh, physically. now, that, that's that's mm. for sure, and that's where Atletico physically and mentally Atletico are so good physically and mentally. Mm. And I feel like that's what I was saying before about how complete Inter are. I feel like that they can they can match them there. They've got the experience, get to the final. They've got the physical, powerful players. Uh, they can match them on set pieces. We know how dangerous Atletico are at set pieces. So I feel like they can match them. They can match Atletico's strengths, and then I feel like they've got the extra quality uh, to have to so be, be. They're better. They've got better quality than um, than Atletico. So yeah.
0: And two former teammates at Lazio playing each other, Simeone having played at Inter, Lautaro having already done a medical to sign for Atletico before signing for Inter. I mean, there's lots of talking points. and and, and,
1: Yeah, lots of subplots. Let's move on to the the other two. Let's start off with Napoli. Napoli against Barcelona. Um, I'm not sure how to feel about this one because I feel like, again with Napoli, I think I said the other day before the draw that the way that Napoli are playing now, I would back all the t- every other team to beat Napoli over two legs. The way that Napoli have been this season, the form that they're in, uh, the way they're playing. But you know, two months is a long time, so we hope that Napoli are better. But I also did also add that you know Barcelona are also really struggling this season. They're not playing well. Um, there's a lot of you know Xavi's under a lot of pressure. Uh, Robert Lewandowski is start is starting to look. He look his age now, Robert yeah. Lewandowski. He's not looking like the same Lewandowski. I'm not gonna write they're gonna write him off, but he's not looking like the same Robert Lewandowski. And um, you know, the Barcelona defense looks like it has it can concede goals, and when you've got two world class attackers, so you know, I'm trying to be optimistic. Um what do you think, Nima? I, my, my biggest concern is what it what it's been all season, and that is I just think that. With Rudy Garcia, now with, with Walter Mazzari, I just think they're ex-coaches, and I don't trust them against anyone. Um, that's the I
0: think you're right. I think your, your concerns that you're raising are true and, and valid. I, I think this was one of my. I mean, I had my. I tweeted out my dream draw, and and I had Napoli against Barcelona because I think, I think Napoli have the quality to hurt this Barcelona. I really do think so. But they need to come into that game with confidence, and they need to come into that game with Osimhen, Khedira. Raspadori, all on fire and, and wanting to do this. They, they have to put all the negativity and nonsense on one side and you know try to win a few couple of games and build a winning streak in the Serie A to be in a more comfortable position in, in the league and then go into that. I, I, I think this is 51-49 for Barcelona. I think this is a very evenly game matched uh match tie and i think napoli have every chance to go through i really do think so it's going to be very exciting i think we're going to see lots of goals um but it's uh i, I give napoli a very good chance to go through for me it's almost 50 50 slight advantage for barcelona
1: yeah uh, i'm not sure i'm as, as as uh positive as you are but uh yeah let's hope that let's just hope that napoli can and turn things around uh, if they play like they do this season though I, I don't give them any chance um, finally though one <laughs> thing that we, that we certainly can't give it, uh, any chance or can't even give a hope in hell really of them no, going through no. is Lazio against Bayern Munich it's, it's Bayern. not who the, the question here isn't really who's going through it's, it's how many goals are Bayern yeah. Munich going to win by it Look, even,
0: let me put it to you this way. Even if Lazio, because the first leg will be played at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome, where we've had magical nights before, even if Lazio win by a goal, 1-0, or two goals, by some miracle at the Olimpico, mm-hmm. Bayern's going to rip them apart at the home. Like It's just Bayern Munich at home and the second leg are just another animal. You need to have at least three goal lead going into the in a tie with with that when you play them away because the way that they just the machine. I mean, I know they struggle in the Bundesliga and and it feels like they're playing at 50% of their potential, but it's I I just look at them and and I just I, I, I this is this is literally the worst draw that Lazio could have gotten, literally the worst draw. Um, and, and it ends here, but it's it's been a good run for Lazio. They got through. The, we, they've done what we could ask of them. I hope that they can, you know, ha- make their fans happy in, in the first leg at home at the Stadio Olimpico, and maybe get a result there. But then away to Bayern, it's it's like you said. The question is not if Bayern go through; the question is by how many goals.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, right, okay. Uh, I, I do have to say the English team's got got two. Two great draws, didn't they? Uh, Man City <laughs> against Copenhagen. I mean, I mean, you just, I mean, you just can't, you just can't make it up, can you? Uh, Man City. When was the last time Man City ever had a hard draw in these in these <laughs> knockout early knockout games? They always seem to what get... Or the group
0: stage, even. I mean, or was, ever,
1: yeah, ever. Uh, and Arsenal got Porto. I mean, Porto are always a nasty. They they kind of like a mini Atletico Madrid, exactly. Aren't they? Exactly, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's again looking at the other teams in the draw Arsenal are going to be very happy with that Europa League draw Um, two Italian teams in this this is for the playoff uh, rounds the teams that finished second uh, in the Europa League it's playing against the teams that finished third in the the Champions League so Milan have got Rennes, Milan coming down from the Champions League and Roma have got Feyenoord that Roma Feyenoord I mean these two teams that that they, they play each other every single year this is the third
0: I mean, this is 2122 season it's the fifth knockout stage game between Fiorentina and Roma they played in the conference league final they played last year i think it was in the europa league quarter final yeah quarter final yeah and then now again in the in the in the playoff round it's and it's always been toxic and they absolutely don't like each other and the question is not if Mourinho gets sent off, the question is when Mourinho gets <laughs> sent off in this game. Oh, yeah. And, and in which one of the legs? Mm. Um, I can't wait for the pre match press conferences.
1: Oh, because yeah, yeah. because um, what's his name, the manager of Fire Nord? Because I remember he was having a guy at Mourinho, so he doesn't mm. like the football he plays and, and, and everything. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that It's that's not
1: cool. a great draw, though, because Feynord are good. I, 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 I was really impressed with them against uh, Atletico Madrid. Uh, mm. In the first game, uh, they deserved to win that game, and then, and then they played against uh, Lazio. They hammered Lazio in Holland, uh, mm. and then they were they didn't deserve to lose at the Stadio Olimpico. They deserved at least a draw in that game. Um, so I think it's I think it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a difficult game. But obviously, the fact that Roma probably had the psychological advantage, of having won those games. As for Milan, uh, Ren having a disastrous season. They're they're fighting against relegation. They're really good last season. They're fighting against relegation. I think They're fourth from bottom in the in Liga. So if it's the, again like Napoli, if it's the Ren that are playing now, then you're you're picking Milan every day of the week. But if it's you know an improved Ren, it could be a little bit more difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. Atalanta uh, are already in the last sixteen draws. They won their group, and the same is the case for Fiorentina in the Conference League uh, as well. They don't play, so they won't they won't we won't know who they're playing in the last sixteen until the the next uh, playoff round fixtures are played. Okay. Uh, let's finish off with Baggio, Premface and Serie Ass of the week. Badjo of the week. Uh, I've got one. I've just written it down. Do you have what? one? What, what I've got, it? I've got the moment that, so Crystal Palace are losing 2-0 to Manchester City at the weekend. They scored to make it 2-1. Then they equalize the six minute of injury time. Uh, and the the images of Roy Hodgson laughing at <laughs> laughing at Pep Guardiola in his face are just hilarious. It just, I love I love Roy Hodgson. I love Roy Hodgson. I love how grumpy he is. He's just a grumpy old man. Like <laughs> I just love it. Like even when like Palace score, like like he's just a grump, isn't he? He's just an old grump. I love it. I love it. The reason
0: uh, you love it is because you recognise
1: yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, isn't it? When I when I get older, <laughs> or maybe now, or maybe now, uh, you no. <laughs> literally just, are an old man. It
0: just it <laughs> reminds me. No, no,
1: nah, nah, it reminds me of when Roy Hodgson came on our podcast. I think I yeah. told the story and. And we try to pl- fi- like we finish off with most of our interviews. We, we play a rapid fire game where we give the, we give the the the, uh, the interviewee two options like Messi Messi or Ronaldo, and they just have to choose one or the other. Uh, Pele or Maradona, you know, pizza or fish and chips. Like, so we started doing that with Roy Hodgson, he hated and it. he he hated it so much. He got so grumpy. And he started like, first of all, he quoted Oscar Wilde saying just that saying, all, com- all comparisons are odious. odious right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he just, Nimmer like I was kind of frantically <laughs> like messaging Nimmer saying let's just stop the game. He, he doesn't enjoy this. Like he doesn't want to play it. Let's just stop it. But <laughs> Nima didn't see the message or just ignored no, the message. And, and Nima yeah. <laughs> just carried on asking the questions to him. And he was getting increasingly like angrier and angrier, getting redder and redder. And then he just snapped and he goes, Oh, i don't why am i playing this game because i don't even know why why am i come on this podcast i, I don't even know why i came on this podcast uh, you know like he just he, he just started losing it
0: oh i'm so very, funny very funny yeah very very funny <laughs> right
1: remember. talking about funny uh, prem face of the week. Gunn, do you want to do this one?
0: No, you do that. You do it. I, I, I just, I, you know, you do it. You, 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 kind of did the best parody of this all week. So.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I've done enough of it. Okay, Jason Cundy. So Jason Cundy of of Talksport. And everybody that knows Jason Cundy or, or Jason Cunty, as we call him, <laughs> um, is that uh, he says a lot of stupid things, a lot of prem face things. Um, so you would think, Nima, that mm. having like. Banged on for the whole group stage about how Newcastle, you know, should be qualifying and the best team in the group. You'd have thought that when Newcastle actually get knocked out and of last. the Champions League and finished last and lose at home to Milan, that you would kind of become a little bit humble and maybe say, okay, fair play. But no, Newcastle have gone out of the Champions League straight after the game. Jason Cundy says that Newcastle would win the Serie A and they would win Liga. They would, they would finish above PSG in Liga and win the title. And they would finish above Milan and above Inter as well and win the Serie A title. And he also added that they would go toe-to-toe with Dortmund to win the Bundesliga. So, so Bayern, uh, Munich, Bayern Munich, Munich yeah. don't exist, apparently.
0: <laughs> just, he is unbelievable. Like, it's just... Oh, but the thing is, though, the, the thing, one thing I, I do think... One thing about Jason Cundy is this. He's entertaining. Because he's so, he's so defiant in his sticking to his guns with nonsense, that it becomes funny, you know. It's, it becomes genuinely entertaining. He's defiant. He reminds me of this American broadcaster, a uh, sports who is just the same way, but with American sports. Uh, Mike Francesa. He he is the British English version of Mike Francesa, and just defiantly refuses to admit that he's wrong, and when he's Confronted with things that he said in the past that, that he's wrong, he just said b- blindly says I never said that. <laughs> he's just you know. It reminds me of the the
1: footballing version of Alf Garnett. I don't know if you've ever seen. If you haven't, well actually I probably wouldn't recommend you see it, but it's kind of an infamous TV from the nineteen sixties and seventies in England. Um, one of the most infamous TV characters. It's from a from a programme, British sitcom called Till Death Do Us Part. And this Alf Garnet is this like this working class racist who is he's a he's like he's always he's always complaining and, and moaning, but you know, and he's all and and yeah, anyway. He's people. If you know, you know. Uh, he reminds you of Alf Garnett. Um, he's just so loud and proud with his yeah, well, that, that's ignorance.
0: How, yeah, well, exactly. And that's how I feel. That's exactly what Jason Canny. But he is in, entertaining as well. This he is entertaining. I, I will give you that much. I think he's more entertaining than most people on that on that radio channel. If I'm perfectly honest, on Talksport, he's funny. Because he's so uh, he, he is entertaining, and he, and he talks so much rubbish, and he just never ever gives up, which is just hilarious. And he can't ever like, you know, say I was wrong or anything. <laughs> Instead, he just doubles and triples down, <laughs> and he just gets so god. Oh, no, I it, mean, no, how can he- you
1: say that after Newcastle have gone out? They just gone out and come bottom. <laughs> you know, because it's, he was at the bottom of the Champions League group, and you say they're going to win the Serie A, and win the win, win Liga. I mean, it's just. Oh, I think man. it was because his
0: his entire shtick was that he that they underperformed, and I think he was building towards Eddie Howe. Uh, you know, I should have done better or whatever with this squad. Um, I think that's what he was building to. Mm-hmm. um But yeah,
1: Nima defends uh, Jason Kundi. No, I don't defend
0: him. I just think he's incredibly entertaining. I do think he's very entertaining, and he's so, he's so like for me. It's like my my friend Caesar. If you know, you know. I mean, he he's just out there. You know, it's it, it's 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 very very funny. It, it's entertaining. It's very entertaining. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, talking about
0: well, not I would say definitely not entertaining. Um,
1: Zaria ass of the week. Go on, you you take away this one. There's three. There's three this week, but I mean,
0: there's probably more. The 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 Reinders goal when after Reinders scores and they post a photo of him and then they delete it and says he's got serious riz. Now, from what I understand, what riz? Well, I
1: know what riz is, and I don't have to ask youth offenders either. Like what what it means? I know what I know what riz means. I know what it means. It means, charis- mean? it
0: means charisma. It means charisma. Yeah, but doesn't it also mean to like ch- chat someone up?
1: Well, yeah, sort of. That kind
0: of charisma, yeah. And Uh, how's that relating to Reinders? Well, that's
1: the the point. That's what makes it an ass. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all.
0: No, they deleted it as well. And it was just like, uh... Yeah,
1: Yeah, it makes no sense. It it makes no sense at all. And then
0: the Kanye West post? I didn't get that either.
1: So uh, they posted a picture of (laughs) Federico Chiesa kind of pulling a kind of frustrated kind of face. And then they put the caption... At Kanye West didn't drop today. What does that mean? Uh, like- again, I, I don't know. Does it drop an album? Maybe. And <laughs> Kiesa, apparently, <laughs> Kies are supposed to be unhappy about the fact that Kanye West didn't drop an <laughs> album. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's just weird. And that's the moment when you see yourself on the big screen at the stadium. Like, it's yeah. like yeah, they
1: put they posted a video of a of a woman at the stadium, uh, and then she sees she's she sees on cam she sees herself on camera. And then they just put the moment when you see yourself on the big screen at the
0: stadium. So again, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, how that's... Her expression wasn't like, it's one thing if people are happy and, oh, smile. she didn't even do that. She that's what just, I mean.
1: It's, if it's a kind of a noteworthy expression, like they pull like, you know, they it's something memorable, you yeah. know, something that stands out. But it wasn't, it was just a woman looking at the camera and not,
0: not even she doing it. She didn't anything. even smile. She didn't <laughs> okay. even do anything. Like if she had done that and were like, oh, look at me, I'm on the camera, yeah. then fine. But it was just a woman who saw herself on the camera and didn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> like it was just so awkward. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, yeah. that, it's just, what, what can you say? What, Conquering what you North say? America. Remember, they've conquered North America.
1: Oh, my God. They need to be sent to, on a marketing course, I think. That's what they need know, to what do. What is going on there? Yeah. yeah. So that's just three, but I mean, there's so many every single every single week. Uh, just just all you have to do is just follow the the serie. Follow them yeah, follow them on, yeah, follow yeah. Them on the social. Follow media. them and send them to us as well. If you ever yeah, see we anything, uh, we don't we're not going to just do the serie. A. We're going to do clubs as well. Like we had Juventus, yeah, so I, club, we had Juventus yeah. last week for the Henry Kissinger post, but yeah. but
0: yeah, so we will do and, clubs. And of the course, week. the the <laughs> Italian players of uh, the Oscar del Calcio last week with Kvitka Kvaratskhelia misspelled, romanized his name. Yeah. Um, on on an award, yeah, <laughs> and misspelt it. That's unbelievable. That is. Oh, that is just.
1: That reminds me when I was 15 years old, I won the I won the top goal scorer award for my uh, for my football for my under 15s team, and uh, the award that I got had. <laughs> do you know what it had written on the award? Well, if it's Gargamel, I'll die. No, 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 no. It, it didn't have my name on it. It just said TGS. That's what, what it mean? had it meant top goal scorer, but instead of writing top goal scorer, they just got, they just got TGS written on it.
0: <laughs> that was my award. TGS. What? The print shop charges per letter. Well, that's what? what
1: I assume that was the case. Yeah. That was the case.
0: TGS. Yeah. TGS.
1: I went up, it was that old Christmas party. I went up to collect the, the award. I looked at it. It said TGS. TGS. I was like, what the fuck's this? Like, you know. TGS. i going to die.
0: TGS. Yeah. Oh dear.
1: Right. Brilliant. Okay. Was this, this at
0: Luton or was it in Brent?
1: No, no, in, this was just for my this was just for my under fifteen uh, local
0: side. This was Bedford.
1: Yeah, in Bedford, yeah. In Bedford, mm-hmm. yeah. That's my Bedford story for today.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Great. Um,
1: okay. Right, let's leave it at that. So we'll, we'll be back on Tuesday for the, the QA. Q and A. Oh. Then we have um we can announce it actually. So we did uh we did an interview. Uh, today, this morning, with Paul Ince, the the former Inter and Manchester United players, which was which was fantastic. Some of the stories he told us were were <laughs> absolutely amazing. He told us about a party that he had in um, we won't give it away all away it, a party that was held by Nicola Nicola Berti who was a party animal and at that party there was all these inc- the characters uh movie ca- movie stars
0: um Joe Pesci was Joe there Joe Pesci
1: was one of them yeah we won't give away any more of it but it was, yeah. it, was a, <laughs> it was an amazing story um so yeah we we, we were going to release that. unfortunately we can't release it as a pod which we're really disappointed about um because we didn't we couldn't get the 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 clearance of pu- publish it as a public we will be publishing it as an article so you'll still be able to read it um it was a it was a great great interview um, fantastic some fantastic fantastic amazing anecdotes and stories from his time mm. at inside stuff that i hadn't heard about actually mm. so it was it's really really interesting so i'd recommend reading that uh, and then we're going to do um we're going to do a podcast on the on the 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 weekend games uh, as well uh, over christmas um we we are going to do it um um, so that will be the the final pod of the week.
0: Yeah, at some point we'll do that, and it'll be much more. We'll do like a, uh, we'll do a yeah. We're going to do it around Christmas, so you guys have got something to listen to over Christmas, and then and then yeah. we'll be back uh, in then either on New Year's or or around New Year's again, and then we're back to normal again. Yeah. So there, so just you know next week there won't be a Q and A pod. Um, and, but we'll be back uh, with the Q&A pod after that but yeah this week Q&A Tuesday, uh, Paul Lin's written art- article out on Wednesday, Thursday and then we'll do a reaction to the week Friday, Saturday's Serie A games on the Sunday
1: Yeah I think that's how it will work out Yeah Yeah. 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 Great, okay right let's leave it at that um, have a good week everyone, we'll see you on Tuesday for the Q&A Ciao ciao